All right, Ecclesiastes 7 9. Ecclesiastes 7 9. <clears throat> <clears throat> we'll open with prayer. Father, we ask for your blessings as we have already done, we ask again. Father, we pray that we would be a people of continual coming unto thee, that we would be a people of prayer importunity, that, Father, we would wrestle with thee, O God, until you command your blessings. Father, we ask that you'd open up the word of God to us. Let us not look at it as an ordinary book, but as your word. Not men's words, but God's word. And Father, we ask that you'd teach us, build us up in the most holy faith, convict us of our sins. Father, give us repentance. Oh God, help us to mortify, to kill, to lay aside the sins which would so easily beset us, one which we'll look at today, which we're probably all familiar with. And so, Lord, we pray by faith that you would descend into our midst and that you would convict and convince, you would discipline and train, and you would furnish us, Father, that we would go out of these doors and bring honor and glory to your name. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, last week, verse 8, patience contrasted with pride. Tonight, the sin of becoming quickly angry. But then the second part of that sin, staying angry. At the outset, if you're patient in spirit, like we learned last week, you're going to be long-spirited or long-suffering which means you will not be one to quickly become angry. But if you're proud in spirit, as we contrasted last week, the patient is better than the proud. If you're proud in spirit, you're always one cross word away from losing your temper. What Solomon speaks of tonight is someone who can be Seemingly happy one moment, and one thing happens, and they explode. They explode. Ecclesiastes 7.9, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. It's a command. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. And the reason that someone is so hasty to become angry is because Anger rests within them. It's settled there. It's part of their character. It's who they are. They never put it aside. Now the lost in the world, there are many that are lost that live like this. They actually take pride in their anger. They glory in it. But it not, ought not to be so for us. Before you and I were saved, we, had, we all had reputations. We actually have a reputation now in the realm of the kingdom of God. I would rather call it a testimony. The closest ones to us when we were lost knew our ways. They knew our weaknesses. They knew our sins. We were not then who we are presently now. At least we should not be in Christ. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, including anger, are passed away. All things are become new. Now, I'm not saying that a Christian never gets angry. But a Christian should not demonstrate the anger of a lost man. In our text, Solomon teaches us about the sin of hastiness and quickness to anger, and then quite plainly, the sin of staying angry. See, the fastest way to lose your testimony or witness for Christ is to dishonor, and, and to dishonor Christ is to behave like you used to behave when you were lost. Now, if I still get angry the same way that I used to get angry when, I'm lo- when I was lost, then something's wrong. In fact, Paul said, just listen, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, that's who you used to be, among whom we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. So, That's what we were. And I really would like you to focus on what you were and what you are. What you are should be new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yes, we slip and fall. Yes, we get angry. But anger does not rest in our bosoms. It's not who we are. Paul said to Titus, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Anger resting in the bosom is that of a fool. We were sometimes foolish. We ought not to be fools as Christians. We were disobedient, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice. Malice is like anger on steroids. When someone is malicious towards someone, they wish ill toward them. That's what we were, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. So, beloved, that's what we were. When God saved you from your sins, he saved you from the dominion and power of your former sins, anger being one of them, sins that defined you and your former character. Some of us struggled when we were lost with the sin of anger. Some of us may still struggle with anger. I'll tell you that. I do sometimes. I did a lot more when I was lost. When I was saved, the Lord had to teach me about that anger. The question for you, though, Christian, if you still have an anger problem, are you struggling against it? Are you mortifying it? Are you killing it? Or does the sin of anger still rule and reign and lord over you? See, in Christ, we must constantly be putting off, killing the old man. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to mortify the deeds of the old man, then you have to be spiritually aware enough to examine yourself and realize when you are sinning like the old man. And you need to put him to death, anger included. But then you can't stop there. Then you must constantly be putting on and adorning yourself with the new man. Listen, if you're not in the word, if you're not on your face in prayer and reading the word and and calling out to the Lord 
to equip you with these graces that he teaches us in his word. Listen, if the spirit of God is in you, then there's a power greater in you than that of the old man. And you need to be putting off the old man. Ephesians 4.31, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, the apostle Paul again, in reference to putting off the old man, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We need to read passages like that. And it's not simply as easy as saying, yeah, well, I'll do that. We need to be given the capability by God's power and spirit to do that. And he gives the opposite. Be, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. In Colossians 3, 8, Paul says, but now you put off all these anger, wrath, malice, put them off. Blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And so, beloved, that's those are the spiritual commands, the imperatives for us. Those are the things we need to do every day. And the mortification of anger is not the only one. When you read Paul's epistle to the Colossians, to the Ephesians, to the Romans, you'll see specific sins delineated to the saints to put off. This is not talking to the lost out there. He's talking to us to put off these sins. So first, hastiness of spirit to become angry. If you're a person that is easily angered and you've been like that for some time, those closest to you know what not to say around you and they know what not to do around you. In layman's terms, they don't want to set you off. Do y'all know anybody like that? Maybe you're like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm like that. But if we are, beloved, people should not feel like they're walking on eggshells around us, like they're going to set us off. That's not who we should be. Again, you've heard that phrase, walking on eggshells. If you are someone who is quickly angered and easily offended, and it doesn't take much to heat you up, this holy maxim is for you. The first two words, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. If that's who you are, then you need to repent of that sin and fall on your face to God and cry out, pour out your soul, confess that sin and ask God to please give you the grace and teach you how to put this sin off. Now get set because God's going to train you. I'll talk about that just in a moment. But listen, let me just say, as children of God, none of us should be easily angered or set off. We should be long-spirited people. We should be like our Heavenly Father. Be ye like your Heavenly Father. We should, we, Christ is conforming us to His image. We should be like Him, long-suffering. We should forbear with one another and forgive one another. But none of us as children of God ought to be easily angered or set off. But if this is who you are, this is a besetting sin. Again, you must mortify it. Now let's look at some biblical examples of believers, saints, in old times that got angry quickly. 
All the way back to Genesis 4. Genesis 4.4. Genesis 4.4, one of the first of two men that were born to Eve, Cain. Genesis 4.4 says, They brought their offerings to the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. He accepted it. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? He was soon angry. And that's a good check for us. If somebody reproves us and they're right and your first reaction is to get angry, they don't have the problem you do. If they're right. 1 Samuel 25, you remember this story. This is when David's men went to Nabal's house because they were shearing sheep. It was a feast day. David and his men were in exile from Saul. They asked very politely if they would give them some provisions, some food. Nabal flew upon them in a rage. His men handled themselves very well and went back to King David. And in verse 12 of 1 Samuel 25, we'll not read the whole thing, just a few passages. This is David's, David's initial reaction. And I'll tell you here, David heated up quick. Said so David's young men turned their way after Nabal flew upon them and went again and came and told him, that is David, all those sayings. They told him everything Nabal said. David said unto his men, Gird ye every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword, and there went up after David about four hundred men, and two hundred abode by the stuff. David said, Lock and load, boys. He was angry. And we know he was angry because we know the rest of the story. Verse 21. On their way there, David says, David had said, Surely in vain I have kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he hath requited me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of not God, but David. This was a mission of personal vengeance. He said, if I leave of all that pertain unto him by morning light, any that pisseth against the wall, we're going to kill every male. We're going to cut off his lineage from the earth. Now we know what happened. Abigail wisely met him and appeased David's wrath. And it never came to pass. Luke 9, 54, Luke chapter 9 and verse 54, Luke chapter 9 and verse 54, Jesus and the apostles going through a village of the Samaritans, Jesus had set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem. Verse 53 says, And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, the sons of thunder, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? 
but he turned and rebuked them. And he said, you know not what manner of spirit you were of. They were hasty in their spirit to be angry. He said, the son of man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. How much destruction do we do when we have sinful anger towards someone? How much of the testimony of Christ do we destroy when we fly upon someone in a rage, when we're soon angry? Paul, when he was being questioned by the high priest, he called him a whited wall. You remember that, Acts chapter 23. Thou whited wall, they slapped Paul in the face. Paul flew off at him. He says, you whited wall, how dare you slap me? And someone says, speakest thou unto the high priest so? And Paul said, I apologize. I didn't know he was the high priest. But Paul spoke unadvisedly. Proverbs 12, 16, the book of Proverbs 12 and 16. Listen, if we're going to be hasty about anything in regard to anger, let us be hasty to cut it out of our lives. Proverbs 12, 16 says, A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man A wise man covereth shame. A fool's wrath is presently known. 14.17 of the Proverbs. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. Now, I mean, listen, let's just Drop all the pretensions. We've all been soon angry. We've all fallen into this category. But as we grow in grace, as we become more Christ-like, as we should be becoming more Christ-like, we should be more and more long-spirited. We should be like our Lord. We should be kind. We should be tender-hearted. Listen, those that are soon angry, Christians that are soon angry are not walking with God. They're not trusting him by faith for their, our circumstances. Listen, if we're trusting God, then we understand and believe that what happens to us or the persons sent into our lives to test us were sent by our Heavenly Father for our good and for our sanctification. In fact, in your training, and this is what I said I'd go back to, When you ask God for grace, and probably before you ask God for grace to help you with this sin of anger, there may be someone in your life that you're thinking of and you're saying within yourself, I can't stand to be around that person. They always push my buttons and make me angry. Or if God sends someone into your life that you need to exercise patience with. That's how it's learned. It's like if I'm going to work out my legs, I need to exercise them. If your patience is going to be worked out, it needs to be exercised. How is it exercised? Well, when God puts you in a situation in which you would be soon angry, God will exercise that and he'll put you in dependence on him so that you won't be soon angry. 
and you'll realize, Lord, I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your spirit to help me not be soon angry. And then remember this, what an amazing opportunity God has given you to exercise the graces of patience, meekness, kindness, and the love of Christ. Where on the other side of that, when you're not exercising those graces, you're getting angry. And you're flying off the handle. Listen, people should be able to walk into your presence and stomp all over those eggshells, and it shouldn't bother you a bit. You should be okay. Quickness to anger reveals an uncontrolled and an ungoverned spirit. Remember, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. That exercise of patience, you're going to be better in the end than in the beginning. And the patient spirit's better than the proud in spirit. So don't forget that. But listen, quickness of anger reveals an uncontrolled and ungoverned spirit. If this is you, you're like an unprotected city. Any enemy can break in upon you at any time and attack you. And the Proverbs teaches us that. Solomon says this. He says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit. In other words, you can't govern yourself. He or she that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. You're open to an attack from any quarter. And we shouldn't be like that, brethren. That shouldn't be us. If you're a child of God, you should be governed, controlled by the Spirit of God. And you should want to be governed and controlled by the Spirit of God. Listen, Proverbs 14.29, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. Slow to wrath. It's an attribute of God. That's It's how we should be. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. He's a fool. So we should be slow to wrath, beloved. Slow to wrath. 15.18 says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. 16.32, He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. That's not the right reference. Let's go to 1911. 1911. Say again. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in 1532. Yes, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. You could be a general and command a hundred thousand troops, a five-star general, and command those troops and conquer a country, control all of those soldiers. But the stronger man than that five-star general is the one that can rule himself and control his own anger. 1911, thank you for that. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. What a blessing that is. And again, it's one of the attributes of God. We know that God is angry with the wicked every day. But Psalm 103 and verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, 
it says of him, slow to anger. Look at the prophet Nahum. The prophet Nahum Amos Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Verse 2 of chapter 1 says, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. He reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. See that? He's slow to anger. Listen, this is a worthy prayer for all of us, each and every one of us every day. Lord, teach me, as the Apostle James wrote, to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, slow to anger. He says, for the wrath of man worketh not, or it does not bring forth and produce the righteousness of God. None of us should be known as the angry Christian. None of us should be known as the angry Christian. Now, to finish off our verse, what exacerbates or makes worse the character and reputation of someone who is easily angered is someone who stays angry. Someone who lives with that anger resting in their bosom. So Solomon teaches us that anger rests in the bosom of fools. The words rests in the bosom are very important. What they mean is that anger has settled there. It's like a settlement. It's made a settlement. It's set up house. Anger lodges. It remains. It stays in the heart. It festers like an infection and affects the entire spirit of the one in whom it lodges. The fool is one who is soon angry, but also the fool stays angry, is always angry. See, when God refused Cain's sacrifice, instead of getting it right, he got angry and he stayed angry. This anger rested in his bosom and led him to maliciously and intentionally murder his own brother in cold blood. When anger stays inside of you, it'll rise and become malice. Anger rests in the, rested in the bosom of all of Jacob's sons against Joseph, their younger brother. They hated him and so schemed to kill him, eventually throwing him in a pit and selling him to the Ishmaelites, all because they, he, they were angry with him. And they hated him. See, that anger leads us to hatred, bitterness. Absalom schemed to kill Amnon, his brother, for forcing Tamar, his sister. And then he had Amnon killed because he hated Amnon. That anger rested in Absalom's bosom. He schemed and he planned and he had him killed. And then Herodias hated John the Baptist because John the Baptist rebuked Herod and said he should not marry his brother Philip's wife. Herodias took that personally. She was angry at him. She hated him. And when the opportunity came, she made sure that that anger turned to malice. 
and John the Baptist lost his life. In all of these cases, anger rested in the bosoms, the hearts, and the minds of these who allowed it to lodge in their hearts, and it intensified to the portion, it intensified to the point of hatred and malice. You let anger rest inside of you towards someone and you don't deal with it, it's going to fester and it'll affect your whole spirit. Brethren, examine yourself and see if there is any anger resting in your bosom toward any. Search your own heart. If you find any, kill it, cut it off, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. And then remember this. Try and remember this. I'm going to try and remember this. Every time I get angry, I want to remember the question that God asked Job, Jonah rather. Doest thou well to be angry? Doest thou well, James, to be angry? Now, we know that there is a righteous indignation. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be ye angry and sin not. It is a righteous indignation. There is an anger that is not sinful. But you need to be very, very careful. Remember, Jesus demonstrated anger toward the scribes and Pharisees when he would have that woman hold forth her hand. I think it was the woman who held forth her hand. And he said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? And the Bible says he looked round about, he looked upon all of them with anger. So there is a, there is a, an anger that is not sinful. It is a righteous indignation. Jesus did not sin, and yet he got angry. There is a way for you to be angry and not to sin. But brethren, we need to be careful that it doesn't turn into sinful anger. So remember this passage today. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Let's dismiss in prayer. Father, we ask for your blessings. We thank you for this word. Father, if there's anyone that I would be angry with today and that's probably the best channel for our anger is to be angry with ourselves when we sin against you O God Father I pray that you would teach us to be a people that show kindness in the love of Christ that are compassionate people merciful slow to anger plenteous in mercy like our Lord help us Father Oh, Lord, teach us how to govern ourselves. Give us of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, Father. We pour out our hearts to you. We confess our sins if we have sinned in this thing of anger. We pray for your forgiveness. Father, we never want to dishonor or hurt the testimony of Christ. And so help us this night. Strengthen us. Keep these things in our hearts, Father. May we walk in thy truth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.